thanks, Maya. Hey, church, good to see you. Greetings from uh, Equipers Dunedin. Maya and I were down there last week. Um, if you didn't notice, we weren't here. Uh, that's where we were. We weren't just wagging church. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, and, and greetings from there. Pastor Will and Desiree um, are awesome, and they're doing a great job in the church down there, and uh, send their love to their brothers and sisters just up the road. I love it. They were a part of a, a bigger family. Uh, I don't know if you saw that opening video uh, that we show at the start, but 10 nations, and it's growing as well. They're looking at planting in Mexico. Um, where else? Oh, India is launching, I think possibly today, uh, they're launching in Kolkata. So it's so cool to be part of a growing global family. Thank you so much, um, Aileen, wherever you are, for sharing right there. Uh, that, that was awesome. Um, I love that God can just change our lives in a moment. We sang that in one of those praise songs, um, you know, whoa, this is the moment, everything changes. And it's easy to go, oh, nothing changed. Uh, but when we sing it in faith, and when we come in faith week on week, because it took a while to get to that point, but then in that moment, everything changed for Eileen. And, and I love that, that God can work just like that in a moment. And I'm trusting that today he's going to work in a moment. We're going to have a moment at the end of this message where I'm believing God's going to change something in your world. I don't know about you, but I hate driving around in my car when it's on empty. I hate, it makes me really nervous when the, the light comes on, you start up the car and the light is on, and you're like, oh, how long have I got? <laughs> how, how big is my tank? I really, I've never worked that out because to work it out is to actually you know, run out of fuel and get stuck somewhere. Uh, but I don't know, is it just me or when you drive around with your tank on empty, there's a, there's a nervousness that, that sits in the pit of your stomach. You're like, am I going to get there? Can I you can start calculating it out? Well, I've got to do this and I'm running late, so I've got to go there. And I've got to go, can I make it? And then the light comes on again and you're like, ah, oh, okay, that's the third time it's come on. What does that mean? Uh, I had a friend in university, and I mean, this was back in the day when petrol didn't cost so much, but he used to put $5 in his, in his tank. Like $5 today, that would be like two liters. Uh, it was maybe four liters back then. It wasn't a lot. And he would just drive around, uh, and often I'd see his car parked on the side of the road. And I'd be like, oh, that's Tim's car. I wonder where Tim is today. Um, yeah, like there's no way to run, well, to run a car, especially if it's diesel. Apparently, if you run your diesel down, it's, it's not good. It's really not good. Petrol, you can just pour it back in and it'll start diesel. Apparently not. But today I want to talk about that idea that sometimes we, we run our lives on empty. We're driving around and we're a bit depleted. And there's nothing worse than that feeling. How many, how many of you know that feeling, that you feel like you're running on empty, that, that your life, maybe it was over the end of last year, you're just like, I'm just hanging out for a holiday. But you, sometimes you come at the start of the year and you're like, oh, I thought that holiday was going to fill me up. But it's the start of the year and I'm still running on empty. See, many of, it could be in any area of your life. Uh, it could be in your relationships. You find you just don't have the patience 
you know, inter-school holidays, I get that, um, that you perhaps want. You feel like you just don't have the resources to love people that you feel like you should. Maybe it's maybe it's you feel like you're running on empty financially. You're just scraping by. You're just getting to the next paycheck. You're just making ends meet. You, you feel like you're running on empty in your finances. Or maybe it's in your, your personal life with your relationship with God. Maybe you feel, actually, I don't feel like I have a depth to draw on with God. I feel like I'm just going from from Sunday to Sunday and there's not a lot in between and it feels dry and it feels empty. Maybe it's you're lacking vision and purpose and direction and, and you just kind of feel like you're just, you're just scraping by. Well, I can tell you right now, you're in the right place. You're in the fuel. You're in the right place this morning because God's plan for our life is not that we run on empty. You know that the opposite feeling, I had it the other day, a car was running on empty and I filled it up and I was like, yes, yes, I can get anywhere I need to get. We were in Dunedin at the time, I was like, yes, I have enough petrol to get home to Timaru. We are fine. God wants us to live a life that is full to overflowing. And, 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 and this is the series that we're looking at. Here we are, full and overflowing. As may I see, we're looking at this across Equipers Churches in New Zealand, and uh, we're tying in with our e-groups as well. So make sure you get along to them because uh, you'll be able to discuss what this really looks like for you. And this, this series is based on a passage from Ephesians. So if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along or it'll be on the screen. Ephesians 3. I'm just going to read 16 to 19. I pray, this is Paul praying, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Full and overflowing with God. Who wants that for their lives? Come on, the people didn't put their hands up. You know deep down you do. You're just a little bit shy. But what is, it's a crazy idea, isn't it? To be filled, to, to be full and overflowing with God. Because like he is the omnipotent, all-seeing, all-knowing power. It reminds me of if you've seen Aladdin. Um, he's describing the, the, the genie is describing his life, and he says, "Phenomenal cosmic power, itty bitty living space." And it, it's a bit like that. You've got this phenomenal cosmic power in an itty bitty living space in your heart. We're kind of like the genie. Well, we're supposed to be. See, that's that's what Paul is calling out of the church and trying to get the Ephesians to grasp. So this, this whole letter, Ephesians, is written to a church in Ephesus. Uh, it's actually written from prison in Rome. So to be, to be saying these things from that space is a bit crazy. But Ephesus is a modern-day Turkey. And at the time, Ephesus was a, a kind of an important commercial port. And, and Paul had been there. He'd been planting a church for about three years. He'd been um, building a vibrant, flourishing church in Ephesus. And then he'd gone and planted other places. And then he got arrested. 
Um, and so his letter to the church in Ephesus, he's not actually, a lot of his letters, he's kind of correcting false teaching and trying to direct the church so they don't do stupid things. But in this letter, he's really just encouraging them to grasp the, the bigness of God and, and the plan that he has for them as the church. And uh, just the, the, the mind-blowing power that God has and the plan he has for us. And he's, he's, he's trying to find words to describe what the church could be. The, the fullness of God's eternal purpose and his grace for the church. It's just, it's mind-blowing. And, and Paul is trying just trying to explain this. And so he says this crazy statement that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Full and overflowing with God. That is what God wants, not just for the church in Ephesus, but for the church today, for us right now. And I, 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 it's all found in his love. I, if you look at that passage you see that it's, it's love is mentioned time and time again. He says, you know, I pray that glorious riches, um, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with God's holy people to grasp how long, how deep and how wide his love is and to know this love that you, so it's all founded on the love of Christ in our lives. And we need this. We need this fullness because we know that Nothing else will satisfy. The world will tell you that, you know, if you have an abundance of, of possessions, if you have abundance of, of friends, if you have some power, good, you know, some influence or, or staff or family, those things, you'll be fulfilled. But we know deep down, and, and if the world is honest, they know deep down that actually that, even that doesn't fulfill I've said it before, but the world is looking for the kingdom without the king. They're looking for the things of the kingdom, but they don't want God in it. We know that actually he is the one who fulfills all that we need. And, and this passage, it actually goes on, and it, you, you will have heard this before uh, in verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. There's an abundance that God has for us. So how do we find it? How do we tap into it? That's what this series is about. And I encourage you, come along for the next four weeks. We're going we're gonna to delve into this deeper and deeper. But today, I just want to actually look at a, a passage that Jesus talks about he tells a he tells a story he tells a parable he loves to talk in parables and and if you got your Bibles again Luke twelve verses thirteen to twenty one we're going to learn about a man who didn't live an abundant life he thought he was going to live an abundant life but he got it all wrong and I think we can learn from his mistakes so starting in verse thirteen I'll read it to you. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter before, uh, between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. 
He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So Jesus tells this man that he is a fool. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be labeled a fool by God. I want to be full of God, not labeled a fool by God. And, and that's kind of the distinction we're talking about today. We want to learn how we can be filled and not be a fool. So, lessons we can learn from this man. Number one, he didn't recognize God in his past. This man didn't recognize God in his past, and that made him a fool. See, the rich man in this parable, he thinks that he has done a great work. He thought to himself, it all began in him. It be, he, and, and how often do... Do we look at our lives and, and, and we think, man, I've done well. It begins in ourselves. We make our plans. And then when we run into trouble, we blame God. Because we're like, well, that didn't work out. God, why didn't that work out? And we get frustrated. He must get so frustrated with us. We're like, well, if you did what I told you to do. Instead of beginning our plans in Him, submitting our relationships to Him, submitting our finances, our everything we have to Him, our goals, our direction, our purpose. Because the thing for this guy here is that he thinks he's done well for himself. But if you read the passage again, it says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So who yielded the abundant harvest for him? The ground. Not him. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. I just quoted you, James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Everything that we have that is good, over time we start to think that we've earned it. If you've been, and this is especially a trick for Christians of being a Christian for a while, we think. Oh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I've done pretty well for myself. Yeah, I've, I've developed. I've done good. Look at me. Pat myself on the back. It's a danger. We need to look back and realize, wow, every good and perfect gift, everything I have, it, it's come from God. Don't fool yourself in thinking that you've earned it somehow. Yes, we need to work hard. Yes, we need to partner with God. But ultimately, it's from Him. This man, Jesus called a fool because he didn't recognize that God had given him the good things that he had. You're only fooling yourself if you think you've done it yourself. There's that idea of being a self-made man or a self-made woman. That's, it's kind of idolized a bit in New Zealand. It's actually, it's not true. And we, we as older Christians sometimes suffer from a bit of spiritual amnesia. And we forget, actually, God, you did that in my past. I need to be grateful to you. That's why coming to church every week is important, because it realigns us. 
And we remember, actually, oh, it's God who's done the good work in me. It's God's grace that I stand on. It's his promises. It's not anything I've done. So this first lesson we can learn from this man is that he didn't recognize God in his past. And we, we need to recognize him in, in, in everything that we have. Number two is that God wasn't in his present. For this man, God wasn't in his present. Because if you read on, you look what he says. He says, what shall I do? This is what I'll do. I'll say to myself. You see, it's all about me, myself, and I. His plans are completely centered are on what he wants and what he plans to do. I tell you, a surefire way to not be fulfilled in life is to make your plans and do your thing and have it all about yourself. That selfishness is just going to lead to you feeling unfulfilled and, and just bro- empty. You'll be running on empty. And it's his language as a giveaway, isn't it? If you read it, looking at all those words he uses, you're like, wow. Yeah, he is all about himself. We see our language as a giveaway for us as well. Selfish people will talk about themselves a lot. And they will, it'll be about their plans. But people who are filled with God will be talking about God. <laughs> and we'll be talking about others and be other-focused and not just you know, good things about others too. Not, I'm not talking gossip. I'm talking about talking well of others. You see, they won't be focused on themselves. See, you know, you've possibly heard that, that de- definition of, of humility. Humility isn't thinking, about, um, yourself, thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Uh, it's actually about thinking about God and others more is true humility. You see, if you, if you just focus on yourself, you'll always just come back to the same point. You'll never find fulfillment focused on finding fulfillment. It's, to, it's just a circular thing because your start and end point are the same. It's you. You need to look beyond yourself to God to truly find fulfillment. And, but if I'm honest, I do it. You do it. We all do it. We get up in the morning and who's the first person we think about? It's generally ourselves. It's generally, we have to continually realign. That's kind of the Christian walk. It's just continually realigning our lives with God and His plan for us and His direction. That's why it's important, I reckon, to first thing you do every morning is to praise God. Put Him on the throne of your life. Read some of His Word. Get Him at the center. It's, it's tempting to just, you know, read the paper or look at your app on your phone or whatever it is you do and, and just entertain yourself. Come on, let's, I'm guilty of that as well. Let's just realign ourselves. Put him first in that space. The beautiful thing is that when we, we have those rare glimpses of selflessness, when we are actually focusing on others and, and, and on God, that's when we actually, when we stop and realize, man, I, I love this. I'm fulfilled by doing this. I mean, there's a cost to it. Of course, but ultimately there's a feeling, there's something there. I, I, I often feel like this on a Sunday or, or an e-group or where I'm doing something in church. Uh, you know, I've got to prepare, I've got to work, there's an effort there, but I have that glow, I have that feeling of, wow, I've, I've done something significant for God in that space. There's a sense that actually I'm living for something beyond myself. 
you know, you can have that every day. Not just, it's not just a thing for church. When you serve someone in your workplace, when you give generously to someone, when you love someone in a way that they didn't expect, when you spend some time with God, just you and Him, you can have that sense of being filled, of fullness. So God wasn't in His present. Is God in your present? Or is He just like an add-on? Don't be like this guy. Focus your heart, your thoughts, your words, your actions. Focus it in on God. And thirdly, you'll probably guess what it'll be. It's thirdly, God wasn't in his future. God wasn't in his past. He wasn't in his present. And God wasn't in his future. Look at the plans that this man makes. They're selfish. He says, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. God was nowhere to be seen in his future plans. And God slams him for this. Instead of uh, just, just for accumulating stuff instead of being rich towards God. Too often, even as Christians, we do this because that's what the culture around us tells us to do. And we just kind of get sucked along in the current of the culture around us. And we think, oh, yeah, no, I need to have that nicer car, and I need to get that bigger house, and I need to have that stuff, and I need to be secure. We have this this fear of being insecure. What, what if I need to put things away for my retirement? I need to save. I need to. Where is your security? Come on. What are you planning and dreaming for right now? For 2020? But, you know, for 10 years from now, what are you planning and dreaming for? For five years from now, what are you planning and dreaming for? And is God in the center of that future? Or is it just your plans? Is it just like, oh, yeah, I want to be comfortable. I want to have financial security. I want to be able to go on nice holidays and have nice stuff. And are you just accumulating more stuff like this guy? Or as Jesus puts it, are you rich towards God? Is he the center of your plans? You know, there's a, there's a saying, you will have heard it possibly. It's easy to rattle off because it's catchy. But man, it, I mean, you stop and think about it. It's earth shatteringly true. It's, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You probably heard that. If he's not, not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. It's true, though. You can't have a little compartment. Well, this, these are my savings apart from God. This is, uh, this is the stuff that, I, you know, God wants to be in every area of your life. And the beautiful thing is when you offer it all up to him, he just pours back into it. He just gives you more. He is abundant towards you. He's, he's not a stingy God. He's not like, ah, oh, I just want them to suffer. No, he wants to bless us. But more than that, he wants our hearts to be completely surrendered to him. And when they are, then he will bless us. I tell you what, we live in an anxiety-riddled world. There, anxiety is growing, actually. Uh, there are stats around the use of uh, devices around phones and actually the... Um, you know, these things which are supposedly making our lives easier and better, they're actually making our kids 
and some of our adults more and more anxious um, because of the, all the comparisons that happen on social media and stuff. But it's easy to be sucked in by, oh, I've got to have this. I've got to look like that. I've got to go this way. I've got to be like this. And we end up putting our security in our, in our looks, in our wealth, in our friendships, and what people say and what people think. When actually, what we need to be putting our security and our, our, our trust in is God. Robbie Burns, the great poet, says, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. You see, we can make these plans, like this guy here. He was making his plans. Like, yeah, I'm going to build a bigger barn. I'm going to be sorted. I'll have all that I need, and, and it'll be great. And God says, you fool, because you do not know that tonight I'm going to take your life from you. It can all go in an instant, just like for Aileen, God can change everything in an amazing way in an instant. God can also take everything away in an instant. We don't know the future. And so we're best to build our lives on the rock rather than building them around the things that we think are important. Because how many of you know that actually accumulating a whole lot of money isn't that important? More important is to have great relationships. More important is to have great health. But both those things are under the control of God as well. So who do you put your trust in? Do you put your trust in your, your stuff, your accumulation, your, your comfortable life that you're creating? Or do you put your trust in Christ? Do you build your life on His foundation? Because here's the thing, that the world around us, you know, people get worried about world, other world religions. You know, the, 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 the biggest world religion that is, is a threat to, to Christianity it's not Islam or Buddhism or even atheism. It's, it's this rising religion of just the idolatry of stuff, the idolatry of self. Um, the Aramaic word for, for, uh, for money is mammon. It's like there's, a, there's an idol that we, the world worships, and it's just having more things. And we're not immune. We're not immune. And Jesus knew that 2,000 years ago, so he told this parable. So how do we switch it up? How do we move from being a fool to being full, to being filled to the fullness of God? Well, I've got a couple of, of, of ways I reckon will help. Number one, if you're taking notes, take notes. It's a good idea. Uh, number one, connect to the source. It's not rocket science, people. Connect to the source. The Ephesians, a passage I read that Paul is Several times he says, I pray, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. See, if, if fullness flows from our relationship with God, it flows when we connect with him. And Paul knew this. He was praying for the Ephesians for this. We need to have that flow coming from God. And that happens when we connect with him. It's been very dry lately, hasn't it? Uh, who's praying for rain for their garden? Apparently Tuesday we're going to get some. But I've got a pond at the bottom of our section, and it is dry. It's like the Pukekos down there and just don't know where to go because it's just there's almost no water in it. And uh, something that happens is that there's a my neighbor has a bigger pond, and his is full. But when it's um, to a certain level, it overflows, and it flows down into mine. But it's not full enough for that to happen. And I'm like, come on. We need some rain, so it will overflow from there and go into my pond, and it will look nice again. 
I think in our lives, what we need to do is we actually need to get in those spaces where the rain can come. We need to get in those spaces where, where and, and it's, it's straightforward. Just take half an hour out. Turn some worship music on. Find some space and praise Him. The rain will start to fall. Just open up your Bible. Read a passage that God leads you to. And just sit with it and meditate with it for 20 minutes. The rain will start to fall. Just go back to the source. If you're feeling empty, you need to go to the petrol station. (laughs) Yeah, right? God is that source. You just need to take some time to get there. And I tell you what, everything else will flow a whole lot easier. You'll find that actually you have enough time. Because we get our mindset is, I don't have enough time to do that. I've barely got enough time right now to get everything done. But if you just took half an hour with God, everything else would just magically fall into place. Because when you put Him first, He honors that. So, connect to the source. Connect with the love of God. Number two, I'd say, is submit your plans. Something this man didn't do, he just made his own plans. Too often we make our own plans, and sometimes we remember, we ask, oh God, can you please bless these? Sometimes. But that's approaching it all backwards. What we need to do is ask him first, God, what are your plans? How do I partner with you? What do you call uh, me to do? And then you can also check it with other trusted believers. And and I encourage you to do that. People you know who are going to speak well into your life. And then you've got to submit it to God. And if he says go, yep, do that, then do it. But if he says don't, then, then don't. You know, Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt into the, the promised land. The promised land, right? The, the land of promise. That's where we all want to go. We want to go into the promises of God. But Moses said this in Exodus 33:15. If your presence does not go with us, Moses replied, do not lead us up from here. If, if God is not with you in that, you best not to go. If God is not with you in that venture, you best not to do it. And can I say for 2020, don't go and make your plans and hope that God gets on your page. Hope that God gets on your plans. Instead, submit your plans to God and then say, God, unless you're in it, I'm not doing it. Unless you're with me, I'm not going. And it will work out. Either whether it's that thing that you, you, he's given you or, or whether it's to stay and to not do it. But it will work out far better if you submit your plan to him. Come on, at the start of this year, don't let, don't let go, okay, um, what are my, what are my um, New Year's resolutions? Hmm, what shall I do for myself? No, 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 no. God, start of this year, start of a new decade, what, what are your plans for my life? What do you want me to do in 10 years? And work back from there. What are the dreams? And let them be big dreams. Let God place bigger stuff in you than you can dream for yourself. Because too often we just, we just think of a small thing. Oh, yeah, maybe I could do this. But God wants to place something massive in your heart. So submit your plans to him. And number three, do something selfless. It's a principle of acting in the opposite spirit. 
acting in the opposite spirit. See, the, the world represented by this rich man, he's all about doing things for himself and, and acting selfishly. And we need to actually actively oppose that. We can't just cognitively go, yeah, I shouldn't think like the world and then just live our lives as we always have. No, that would be like an, an, an obese man going, hmm, I should eat healthy and then just keep going to Maccas every day. Uh, like, that's just dumb. You need to actively do something different. You need to act in the opposite spirit. So, a physical challenge, church, do something selfless this week. Actually, not just this week. Put it into a routine this year. Do something beyond yourself. Put to test the words of Jesus, which say, it is more blessed to give than to, yeah, oh, we, mm, yes, very wise, Jesus, but do we do it? Come on, Let, let's put that to practice in our lives. Here's, a, here's an idea, <laughs> and I always say this every week probably, find a team and serve in some way. We've got needs, we've got things that need to happen, we've got kids they need to be led. We've got worship that needs to happen. We've got hosting. We've got set up and packed down. We've got places. We have got opportunities for you to fulfill the things that God has for you in the life of the church. Why would you not do it? <laughs> but seriously, once or twice a month, commit to serving in the house of God. That's a great way to give selflessly. Give generously to your neighbor. You know, the person who's, you're annoyed at them not mowing their lawns. Well, just do it for them. Oh, there you go. Instead of whinging to your wife about them, just go and do it. Uh, or husband, if, you know, in our household, I mow the lawns. Maya feigns to not know how to start the lawnmower. It's like, I don't know. She, I go, oh, I could teach you. No, she, she's never taken me up on that, uh, funnily enough. But, but find a way to serve someone around you. It could be in your workplace could be your, in your family life. Find a way to do something selfless. Give something away. Give money away. Give something, not just something you don't want. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can do that too. I gave away barbecue I didn't want. That was fine. It went to a good home. Um, but yeah, give of yourself. Do something that counters the spirit of the age that says that if I'm if I serve myself, if I store up for myself, if I have an abundance, then I will be full. That's not true. It's just not true. And you need to act against that. Can I have the wish team come up? You know, as we think about being full and being full to overflowing in God, I, I can't go past an amazing story uh, in 2 Kings 4. I'm not actually going to put it up on the on the screen, but uh, a lot of you may have heard it before. You see, if you want to be filled by God, you need to give Him a vessel to fill, right? You need to give Him something to pour into. God is actually attracted to our emptiness. The more space we create for Him, the more He can fill us. And see, there's this, there's a widow in the story in 2 Kings 4, a widow comes to Elisha and uh, creditors are about to take her son. So, so she's reached the end of her rope. She's a widow. 
no husband, and she's got two sons, and she obviously owes a lot of money, and she's gonna, they're going to take her sons as slaves. And she's at the end, and she, and she hears of Elisha, this, this prophet. And so she comes to him, and she says, help me. I, I don't want to lose my sons. And he says, well, what can I do? What have you got? She says, well, I've got a little bit of oil. He says, okay. Lay out all the, the jugs, the vessels that you can find. find. Gather them from your neighbor. Get every vessel that you can. Lay them out and then begin pouring. Just with the little amount of oil you have, begin pouring. And so she does it. And the miracle is that as she pours, every vessel is filled to the brim with this tiny jug of oil. And when the vessels run out, the oil starts flowing. And there's a message there for us. In the, in the, uh, throughout the Bible, oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. God pouring out into our lives, He will only fill us to the degree that we make room for Him. The space that we give Him, He will fill. But if we don't, if we close ourselves up and we say, no, no, I just have um, Sunday mornings, but you're not having the rest of my life, then God will only... He won't, he won't force himself. But if you go, no, no, I, I'm, I'm laying out the vessels of my life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm laying out the, the relationships in my life, my marriage, my kids, my workmates, my, my friends, my colleagues. I'm laying out my finances, my, my work, my job, my, uh, my savings. My, we lay out all these vessels before God. And He comes. I just encourage you, why don't you stand to your feet in this place? Because this is, this is an act of surrender that I, I'm calling us to. Because I believe in this place. I know just because of the number of people represented here and because of my own life that there are areas in our lives that we, we put off to the side. We don't put out to be filled. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe God wants to pour out a blessing on your finances, but you're like, no, I'm not... I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to give to the house of God because I don't have enough. Well, you will never have enough unless you put it out for God. Maybe it's in a relationship. You're like, God can't change that. He can't change that person. I don't want to talk to them about Jesus. No, no. Put that relationship out. Allow God to pour into it. I I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's in your future. You're like, I want to do these things in my life. And I'm worried if I put out this vessel, if I put out my future to God, He's going to withhold those things from me. No, no, no. You need to trust Him with your future. You need to trust Him with your dreams. So just in this moment, why don't you close your eyes? And and I, I believe just like for Aileen, God just came and He changed in a moment. He wants to do something deep in you this morning. He wants you to live a life that is full to overflowing. But for that to happen, you need to provide a vessel. So just in His presence right now, if that's you and you know, yeah, I need to give up this area to God. I need to provide Him with the vessel so that He can fill it. And just just raise a hand or open your heart. Do something in an act of surrender to Him now. and God is going to do what only He can do. He's going to fill that area of your life.
Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you. You're so good. You're so gracious. And you'll never force yourself on us. My God, you promise that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And when we make space for you, you come and you fill that. And so, Lord, we surrender these areas of our lives to you. You know what they are. You know how we've been holding on. God, we give it up now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill. Fill this area. Fill this area of finances. Fill this area of relationships. Fill this area of dreams and and future. Fill this area of jobs. Fill this area of marriage. Fill this area of family. Fill these areas right now, Jesus. Filled, overflowing. God, we look to you as the source, not to what we can accumulate, what we can make happen, God. We submit to you. And God, we ask, fill us, fill us, fill us to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's one more group of people I want to speak to this morning. As if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you haven't been filled with Him, and therefore there's an emptiness there. There's an emptiness inside you, and you've tried to fill it with other stuff. You've tried to entertain yourself. You've tried to please yourself. You've tried to make things happen, and it's never actually fulfilled you. And you know, you know that you're here, and that's in this space, and, and you can't connect because you haven't invited Him in. You see, God, like I said, God will not force Himself on you. So just with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here this morning and you know, actually, I need to I need to invite God into my heart, into my life. He's willing. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's waiting. He's knocking. But you've got to open the door to Him. So just with every eye closed, head bowed, if that's you, you want to open the door to Jesus, open the door to God. Just raise your hand and I'll see it. Put it down. Who this morning wants to do that? I'll give you a moment because this is a this is an amazing thing to do. This is a sacred moment. Okay, I'm not seeing any hands, so you can look at me. Give me your smiles. Hey, I'm excited, church. God's done something significant in your heart this morning. And, and I know that as we go on in this series, we're going to learn more and more about living a life that is full and overflowing with the presence of God. So I encourage you, stick around after service. Uh, have a great sunny day, man. Enjoy it.